The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Uh, I'm so uh, excited today to uh, be talking with my guest, Wendy Keller. I'll introduce Wendy in a moment. Um, I just also want to say that it's wonderful to be back. I've had um, two or three weeks where I think we've had pre-recorded shows and a, and a repeat as I've been away on a holiday. So I'm back energized and uh, delighted to be speaking with you again um, um, on um, on Friday. So um, wonderful to be here. I've um, Today we're going to talk about the ultimate guide to platform building with well, with Wendy Keller. Um, and you know, your business relies on you for its survival and its lifeblood is sales. And building a really robust platform is the most effective and sustainable way to attract prospects and convert them into customers. Um, I'd like to say a big thanks to my um, good friend, Dov Barron, who introduced me to the fabulous Wendy Keller. Uh, and Wendy is going to talk all about this um, this incredible area and uh, her book, um, one of many books, uh, The Ultimate Guide to Platform Building today, and share with us some incredible ideas, tips, and thoughts. Uh, Wendy has been an amazing person to connect with. We've got a number of great guests who uh, Wendy has published their books coming up on the show. Thank you, Wendy, for uh, for introducing Anita de France and Jeff Colon and people like that, because uh, you're going to hear some amazing um, guests and contacts of Wendy coming up in the next few weeks. So let me tell you a bit about Wendy. Uh, Wendy helps people to identify, develop, and profit from their best content ideas. Now, her work incredibly has turned more than 1,500 people into published authors, and that includes 17 New York Times bestsellers. She's trained and consulted about 8,500 emerging professional speakers, some of whom have increased their spend, so their speaking fees by 2,000%. So she guides, consults, advises um, agents and promotes, she says, smart people with good ideas. Her speciality is content that will improve the lives of others, specifically business, self-help and science. She's actually the author of 31 traditionally published books, including her newest release, the Ultimate Guide to Platform Building by Entrepreneur Press. I think that's absolutely incredible, having written one, one book and uh, found that quite challenging. So 31. Uh, in that book, she shows authors, speakers, consultants, and small business people how to attract more attention and therefore more revenue. So a huge welcome to my guest today, Wendy Keller. Oh, thank you, Chris. I'm so delighted to be here. It's really an honor. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, lovely to, to talk to you. Just uh, firstly, whereabouts um, are you based? I live in Los Angeles and Chicago in the United States. 
Oh, very nice. Um, uh, nice cities. I love Chicago. It's one of uh, my uh, favourite places, actually. Um, oh, that's so when, nice. It's a, yeah, just um, just a beautiful uh, base there on the lakes. And uh, it was, again, a bit like New York. You feel like you're in a film set everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, true. Tre- tremendous. But Wendy, I'm completely in awe of how you've succeeded in your career, you know, considering the obstacles that have been put, put in your way, because life's not always been easy for you, has it? I, I wonder if you can maybe share with us, you know, a little summary of your of your sort of personal story um, before we start, and, you know, maybe what you've learned from it as a you know, bit of background to the interview today. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. I, I, I had the great good fortune to realize I was going to get out of high school early and go to college. So I started my first business at 15. My agency, which I've now had almost 30 years, is uh, has been my sixth company. And it's been great fun learning so much from so many wonderful people. But along the way, a lot of things happened. I started out by selling screenplays. I opened the agency when I was a young woman in my mid-20s. And I started selling screenplays, got very successful, actually started the business when I was three months pregnant with my second child, my my and, and when my son Jeremy was four and my daughter Amelia Louise was 18 months old, we came to Cheltenham to spend some time on holiday in England and love England. My son had already been there twice and, and it was lovely, but my husband unfortunately did not look both ways at a, a, at a road sign and uh, another vehicle crashed into ours at 65 kilometers per hour. And... Um, I ended up in Cheltenham General Hospital for about a month and a half, and my children both died in that car accident. It was an incredibly painful, gruesome experience, just so heartbreaking. That was uh, that was in 91, and it was really hard to come back from that, but I had the agency and I had responsibilities, so I can remember my first book had sold just a few months prior, so I was lying in my hospital bed with my right hand, and I'm left-handed, editing the final manuscript. That was grueling and emotionally devastating, as all of you can imagine, especially those of you who are parents. And, and, you know, somehow I realized that this was a horrible opportunity for me in this strange way that if I could put one foot in front of the other day by day and sort of kind of get used to this or get through this process... I would be able to learn to focus on what I had left. And when I was on a walker, I got pregnant again. And my daughter now is 25 and out of college and doing quite well and making herself a, a, a career. And, you know, and we did get through it. And it really came down to making the decision each day to say, you know, I can wallow in the past or I can try to celebrate what's left to the best of my ability and make best use of it and you know that's the struggle in all these years since then and then um, when my second daughter the the one who is alive um, when she was uh, 15 uh, we were living in Malibu I had purchased a house long after my divorce I purchased a house in Malibu which is prestigious if you live in the United States and Mm -hmm. the business was growing huge I had raised it from that $150 in startup capital to over uh, just almost three million dollars in revenue and everything was great, and our house burned down in one of the Malibu wildfires, and we had to start everything over <sighs> again. So, 
depending on how you look at it, I guess I had a, a lucky experience because I already knew what it takes to start one's life over again after you lose everything that matters. And, uh, you know, so far so good. I was able to restructure the company in a way that allows me more personal freedom and more creative time and and allows me to serve the clients I care about more than the clients who just happen to petition me. We get about, I don't know, about 200 people inquiring in uh, any given month for representation or help with becoming speakers. You know, and, I, and I'm extremely selective both in what I represent and in who I'm willing to serve. So I have an unusual knowledge base after all these years and the amazing, incredible clients I've represented at Jeffrey Colon, who you've had on the show, Jack Canfield, I sold one of his books. He's a co-author for Chicken Soup for the Soul, yeah. uh, a Nobel Prize winner, et cetera, et cetera. So it really came down to just putting one foot in front of the other, Chris. Thank you for asking. Um, uh, Wendy, you know, thank you for sharing. I, I, you know, there's moments when people share stories on this show, um, you know, that I, like I look back over the six years, because we were at our sixth birthday on uh, Saturday. Yay! Um, the show which is incredible but you know it's those moments when people share you know the kind of things that you do that are, that are just done that are just so inspiring and Thank you know um put you quite quite in awe uh, so i shall remember you sharing this story wendy um because you know as a father of two children um i you know can uh, you know understand how difficult that must have been but you know really impressed by the way you got yourself back on your feet and I guess your story also, you know, to all those people in Houston at the moment and the Caribbean who are losing their homes in storms and things like that. You know, there's a lot of people there can yes. draw upon inspiration for people like yourself um, and thank those you stories. For that, Chris. So, thank you, thank I, you for I, sharing that. Thank you, and I'm happy to do so. I, I do it through my eponymous website, wendykeller.com, also. But but I wanted to say this that you know, oftentimes people people are stymied or stopped by the dreadful things that have happened to them. You know, they were abused or something dreadful happened to them financially or they lost their business or their spouse or whatever. And, you know, I'm not the only one, but luckily there are many people in the world who share their inspirational stories openly and point out that it really is the decisions you make going forward. What's done is done. I I was not able to resurrect my children. You know, I would love to do that. I would trade in a heartbeat. But in the meantime... Since that's not an option, and since putting all the things that burned in my house back together was not an option, you have to really assess what you have left. And I think that's so important for all of us, but particularly entrepreneurs who are required to keep themselves in a positive attitude, both to inspire their teams and to also inspire confidence in their customer base. This is critically important, and no one wants to do business with someone who's always depressed or sad or angry or crying or whatever. You have to learn to manage not just the emotions, but the actions that you take after an, a, a difficult experience. Yeah, and then, and what you've achieved, all those people that you've helped as well with uh, all these, you know, these authors so, and speakers around the world. You know, you uh, you know, you've had some things to to look back on your life that have been challenging. Um, yet you'd be able to look back on your life as well and just uh, you know have left an amazing legacy with with people uh, in terms of the contribution you've made. Um, thank you. What you here, so. Well, well, you've you've written so many books, but you know this one, this this one, uh, which you know again is quite awe inspiring. But this one seems like it's something of a, a masterpiece, really. It's it's a uh, you know it's quite a significant um, contribution, having having been through it. And 
this area of platform building, it's such a, a big subject. And you know, I'm really interested to know what, what led you to write it and uh, you know, where did you start with it, really? Well, thank you for that. That's a great question. Platform building, for those of you who are not familiar with the jargon, means collecting a growing, enthusiastic fan base of individuals who like you, like your content, and are willing to buy it. So that's what a platform means in publishing and in speaking and in business. And so for those who are on that journey, you know, as an agent and as someone who's training speakers all the time, I'm talking till I'm blue in the face (laughs) about (laughs) how people can build their platforms. And finally, I was on the phone with a good friend who uh, is at Entrepreneur Press. And I said, okay, we need to write this because I'm sick of repeating myself on how to do it. And, you know, I've taken clients who are just kind of, they have a good idea you know, and I've, I've been honored to take them through the process of platform building and getting them to the place where they sell a book and get speeches and so on and so forth. And I, you know, um, in the meantime, I, I don't want to have to say it anymore. So I wrote down what I know, or at least as much as would fit in the book. I know a lot more than that, but not to be arrogant, just, you know, there's a lot to it. And it, it's like, okay, do you want to do podcasts? What's your aptitude? You should get media. You should, you know, you should do social media. Because one of the challenges entrepreneurs have is when they listen to people like me who talk about how to attract more customers, the challenge that they have is they go, oh, i got to do everything. So they do it all quite poorly. We created a testing instrument at kellermedia.com slash platform dash book. There's a quiz that one can take to determine what type of platform you should build. But like you have a podcast and someone else might do a lot of media here in the U.S. or abroad, Others of my clients are speakers. You should do what you're good at and kind of minimize the amount of energy and time you put into the things that are not your strength. That's pretty. uh, I think uh, with something like a podcast or blogging, you're going to put a lot of of your time into doing that. So you've got to enjoy doing it. And if you're not good at it, you have to pay someone to write your blogs. You know, that's not the best strategy for you. Don't do what you're not good at. You know, my my early in my career, I, I did a huge amount of media for a couple of my books, and uh, and and, uh, and I remember hearing the phrase from a very unattractive, very famous I won't say his name, uh, radio show personality in the United States. He's one of the biggest in our country, and he said, "Well, my earliest boss told me I have a face made for radio." <laughs> <laughs> well, you grow where you're planted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think I think you know, I think you know it, it may be that I, I suspect it might be, it might not necessarily be the best in the world initially writing blogs or writing a, doing a podcast or whatever. But if you've got to start, but to get good, you've got to keep going, haven't you? And, and listen to the crowd, listen to the response. I have people. I had a lady come to me about two months ago, and she said, "You know, Wendy, I I heard your uh, I took one of your webinars. We do a lot of free webinars." Um, and she and she said, I, I did what you said, and for three years now I've been writing a blog, and the greatest number of people to interact with my blog is six. And I mm. said, well, then, A, you're not writing the right thing. B, you need to change your content focus just a little, no 10%, and mm. you also need to market more effectively. Because if it's not working, hello, that's the universe saying you're on the wrong topic. Yeah. Deal, just change it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to talk about uh, avatars after the break, but... Um uh, knowing who you're aiming it at as well, <laughs> who you're going to try yeah, and help, uh, probably a key thing. So how do you, de- how do you define a platform? 
Um, well, I would say that a platform is a large growing group of people who are enthusiastic about you, your content, and who will buy stuff from you. It could be made up of all kinds of things, Chris. It would be, you know, for some it's podcasting and for some it's public speaking or giving training or workshops. For others, it's writing books. For others, it's, you know, it kind of depends on the individual's strengths and also what they want. Like if you want to become a speaker, there's a certain type of platform one should develop. If you want to become an author, there are certain markers that any publisher anywhere in the world is going to look at. And if you don't have them, you won't get an offer. You'll end up self-publishing. And if you self-publish, then you open up a whole lot of challenges. So it kind of depends. The platform that you build needs to be specific to your outcome two to five years from now and based on your talents. When you merge those two things together and sprinkle it with a strong foundation of what's res- what your avatar is looking for, suddenly you will grow more rapidly than you can even imagine. Yeah, well, that's really interesting. So there's sometimes a tendency I find with people to think they have to do uh, a, a bit of everything. Yes, yes. And um, that's, that's foolhardy. Jack of all trades, master of none, you know. It's less important that you run on Twitter if you happen to have gift as a, as a blogger, you know. I mean, don't, entrepreneurs are in, we're in business to make a profit doing what we're good at and keeping that sense of freedom. So unless you have a huge staff that's going to do all your social media, that may not, may not be the right thing for you. And if it is social media, it may not be Pinterest. It may not be LinkedIn. It may, you have to be wise about it and choose smartly. That's why I built the test. And that's also why I wrote the book, because it helps people winnow them, their options out. There are so many ways you can do this. Only do what you're really good at and what's going to directly appeal to that avatar. Yeah, now that's, um, that, that, the test sounds like it's something very, valuable to to do uh, and get a hold of because that could save people an enormous amount of time if they understand that um just oh, remind absolutely. us again remind us again where that they go to do that test yes kellermedia.com slash platform dash book slash platform dash book so i recommend um that people go and do that uh, and that can save you believe you know save you a lot of time it would have certainly saved me a lot of time i think in the past um so we're going to go oh, to we're going to go to commercial break now. Um, so after the break, um, what we'll start to do is maybe talk about you know the stages of platform building, and uh, you know talk about Wendy there alluded to the, the importance of knowing who your customer is, and uh, she has a you know methodology around creating um, a customer avatar. I think that's going to be very very valuable to anybody who wants to build um, a great platform. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America 
is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with the fabulous wendy keller we're talking about platform building and wendy well we discussed the sort of concept of what platform building is um what are the stages of platform building and is this approach well is it the same for everybody do everybody needs to do every step well that's a great question i i would not say that everyone needs to do every step but everyone needs to lay the strongest possible foundation based on logical assumptions you know most people who come to me to become authors or speakers have an idea that's half-baked or they've got some bee in their bonnet about you know, how brilliant it is, or maybe, you know, uh, even we even hear from people who say, well, my mom said, you know, it's going to be hugely successful, or all my, all my friends said that this book has to be written. That's not necessarily an objective way <laughs> to get started, and you <laughs> can certainly spend a lot of time. We also, I, I have to tell you, probably in my life, the craziest thing is I've probably had two dozen people tell me that their pet channels Jesus, Buddha, God, somebody... And the pet told them that the book is going to be hugely successful, really? New York Times bestseller. And I always say, well, you know, maybe your pet should write it and not you in that case because, yeah, <laughs> but not to be mean, but, you know, it's just not very likely. So I think the, the foundation work that has to be done is really what we call defining your avatar. And, you know, this is a subject you hear a lot about in business and that most people skip. They skip it because it's not fun, it's not glamorous, and it requires some work. But if you do this properly, lay this foundation, choose your avatar with assiduous attention to detail, you will create enormous success both as a business person and also as an information content provider, which is what you are if you're a speaker or an author or you want to sell an online training or whatever your thing is. That makes, yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense. So, that, so that's the first step, is it, in the platform building? Yes, and... It would it be okay if I mentioned how to go about that in brief? Yeah, no, please do. That'd be great. Okay, that's great. So for those of you who are listening, here's the thing. You might say, I know who my customers are and I'm going to serve them. And, and that's a great attitude to start a business. But people will often say, everybody needs my whatever it is, you know, my book, my speech, my product. Well, okay, 
everybody doesn't buy that same product. We see that in all the products diversity in the marketplace, number one. So, for instance, if someone comes and says, everybody needs to buy my book, that may be true, but number one, not everyone reads in English, and number two, not everyone reads books, and number three, not everyone is literate, and number four, there's no way to get your book all across the entire world, so you must have a different market. It must be a smaller market. So the first question to ask yourself is, who really needs this? Who really needs, not just wants, but who needs what I have? And so the way you start to test that, if it's information content, and I know that's not what all of you are doing, but if it's information content, is that you start a very prescribed series of blogs on the benefit of using your product. That's not what you're writing about, but you're talking about, for instance, if your product is a, let's say, a new pillow, and you want to talk about why everybody needs a new pillow, you might want to talk about you know, the accumulation of dust mites in old pillows, or talk about how um, sleep apnea is enhanced by this wonderful pillow you've got, or you know, whatever your various sections are, then you would write those blogs, put them on, put the link to the blog on Facebook and start to put money on it, equal amounts of money to run a split test. So say you write four blogs on different parts of your benefits of your products or service or information product. You put $20 in in a group of individuals who you think should be interested, 20 bucks on each one of those, and you see which one gets the most reads or responses. So you make the test as, as, sim- as similar as it can be in the factors, for instance, of what time of day you post it, how much money, and to what group of people. This works because now you're getting immediate feedback. And even if there's just a 10 or 15% difference in those four pieces that are put out at the same time, follow that lead. Now break that down into four additional subtopics and watch if the public responds to that. In theory, this, not in theory, this works for information content, it works for speaking content, and it works for physical products and service-based businesses. I go into this in great detail in my book on platform building, but this initial process helps you start to see if you're right. It's wonderful that your friends and family, your mom and your dog, all think that you're going to be super, but the, the trick is, is to start by actually getting responses from absolute strangers. This is a really important step because as you start to see that response, it starts to shape how you will promote and advertise your product or service. So when you have that initial information, even if you don't plan to stay on Facebook forever, you start to figure out what attracts the people. What is it the health benefits? Is it the disgusting fact that there could be dust mites in the pillow? You know, whatever it is. This, And then you follow that down two or three rounds and then by that time, you should be able to write consistently or create mar- marketing copy, even if it's videos. Fa- Facebook isn't the only option. You could do YouTube videos or whatever, just to start to see where they're really coming from. And then two or three layers down, when you've been winnowing your subject matter down to the very finest point, work on just that and see if you consistently get the same response. It's the easiest and cheapest and fastest way to start to figure out your avatar. And if you serve people what they want not what you think they need, they're much more likely to buy. So when you solve problems, you can find out through this process what you're actually delivering. This is so incredibly critical for authors, speakers, and product and service providers. <clears throat> That's some, uh, yeah, some tremendous advice in there. And do, do you think a lot of speakers and communicators, they tend to be you know, sit less on the, the detailed side of the fence? 
and you know doing something like this doing some sort of grounded market research or something that requires a, you know a little bit of uh, technical understanding uh, communic- communicators and you know speakers are, I don't think that sometimes sits outside a lot of their flow um, so do you recommend yes. that they do do this themselves or find somebody who could do it for them um, speakers and writers and anybody who's trying to sell information content have a tendency toward myopia. You know, we turn down, like I said, you know, somewhere between 150 and 200 projects a month, a month for 30 plus years, right? So the reason we're turning them down is people write me and go, oh, Wendy, I, I'm writing a book on, on how you two could be successful. Like, okay, what's different? What's NDBM? That's my trademark, yeah. NDBM. What's new, different, better, or more? from your material than all the other books on how to be successful, right? You know, Napoleon Hill and Samuel Smiley and Tony Robbins and Roger James Hamilton and, you know, on and on and on. How do you differentiate yourself? Well, you know, I, it's me. I put in my stories and I interviewed my friends and, no, that's not going to do anything. You have to find out what's unique about you, what your, what my friend Jay Abraham calls your unique selling proposition. You have to figure that out. And the way I just described is the way to win it. So I don't care how you do it. I, you just have to do it. You skip that step, you will be building your business on sand at the edge of the ocean, and you will fail. It's just how it goes. You might not fail for two or three years, depending on how much savings you have and whether or not you can make a second mortgage on your home, but you will fail because you can't differentiate yourself. That's the foundation of a strong business, no matter what it is you're hoping to create and sell. And speakers and authors have a tendency to work on inspiration, you know, cue the noise of the heavens opening and the angels singing doesn't really work like that here on earth let's get it let's get serious let's get practical let's focus and that's uh, some very good advice in there wendy um I, I get sent a lot of books from people who want to be on this show and uh you know sometimes i think well that, that looks different and a bit unique and i can see people need that and then other times it's maybe you know the fifth book i've got on my shelf on business growth do you know what i mean and yes, uh, I yes, di- yes. differentiate uh, that their book from you know the others on the topic um so they don't you know they're not ideal for being interviewed because there's no no differentiator um well, so that brings something up chris i you know i think that they you know i think that before they even go into this process they should read your book which was eye-opening and brilliant and talks so much about you know setting priorities that are clear and bringing logic into the process in in really practical ways i love the practical advice that you guys gave, because it helps people to really um, helps people to think think more objectively. So when you come up, when one comes up with a great idea, you know, once you figure out if it's got avatars, if it's got an audience, if you can build a platform on it, you know. And I think that your book, plus of course my book on platform building, I think mm. those two really do dovetail in the sense of how you sort of balance the logic. With the you know with the big dreams of how you're going to be a New York Times bestseller or an international speaker or whatever, I, I think that they should be read actually yours first and then mine because it's going to give them the grounding sort of in how to balance all the things that need to be done and not run off looking you know looking at things that, that are wasteful of their time and energy. Wendy, I wasn't expecting you to say that, so thank you very much. I'm I'm, I'm flattered that you should uh, share that and. Um, for anybody who doesn't know the name of the book, it's the power to get things done, whether you feel like it or not. I'll take the opportunity to mention that. Yeah. Because you're right, actually, that um, uh, I think they do dovetail together, don't they? Because often... Yeah, very um, much so. 
people do the things they like to do and avoid the things they don't like to do. And doing that split testing that you described there yeah. would be out of you know some people's comfort zone. Um, but yeah, like actually, you said, like there's a lot of speakers and authors. Yes, right. Yeah, not necessarily necessarily process. Um, so you, you um you know in terms of um, this avatar, I just want to ask you a little bit more about that because you know what are the, some of the things that you should identify when you are really looking at the ideal customer? Do you have any sort of tips on maybe uh, you know are you looking about maybe age groups? Are you looking at um, you know sex? Whether they've got dogs? Whether they've um, <laughs> you know whether they wear brown shoes. I don't know what um what sort of things should we really do to really help us envisage that uh, so potential customer. I, I love that. Um, for instance, when a speaker comes to me and, and I do private consulting for emerging speakers and also very advanced speakers, nobody in the middle, and you know often the beginning speakers are unclear about what type of audience. So. So we might have a conversation about, okay, so, you know, is your experience that you're bringing forward into your speech, is it for a specific industry or a specific job role, you know, and what's your background? One of my real great pet peeves in life is people who say, I'm writing a book on management and I'll say, okay, well, you know, how many people have you managed? Well, you know, I have a part-time staff worker who works in another part of the country well, that's not management. Do you have any other management experience? No, but I know a lot about it. I've read a lot of, okay, you don't have any experience, go away. Yep. <laughs> you know, yes. and author, authors who come to me and go, I'm going to write about being successful and I'm going to make so much money from my success book that I will be successful. Like, okay, you don't have any experience, go away. So this falls down into two groups. They're called the psychographic and the demographic. The demographic is the age or the income level, the education level, et cetera, the gender of the individuals who will be attracted to your content. Now, if I'm going to write a book on, um, you know, dealing with menopause, how many men are going to be interested? Not too many, right? Probably none. How many women in their 30s or 20s are going to be interested? Zero, right? Because it's not something we think about until we get to that stage. If, you know, if you're writing a book on something that's specific to a gender or something that's specific to an industry or whatever, you have to start to think about where those individuals are most likely to be accumulating. But you can't say everybody or everyone needs this and just run out the door and try and start selling it. That's part of what the AB split test I described does. The other side of it is called the psychographic, right? Where are the people psychologically in the process, right? So an early, we all know that early stage entrepreneurs who are usually blinded to the realities of business ownership, especially people starting their first company or those who are just about to leap off the cliff, very rarely will invest in marketing because they don't need marketing because the world is just going to beat a path to their doorstep because mm. they have mousetrap, right? They don't need to differentiate themselves. They don't need to do this. We know that over and over. I have hundreds of clients who do different types of business consulting, and we laugh about the the foolhardy enthusiasm of these entrepreneurs who haven't done the avatar and the platform building, and they just think magic's going to happen. It doesn't. Hello? It doesn't. Yes. But if you take the time, as you and I both know, but if you take the time to to find out, oh, it's early stage entrepreneurs, but the way I have to approach them is changing what I would like to say to this, you know, to something else, so that you can get over the the hurdle of their own arrogance. Or there's other ways to do it. For instance, if you're looking at an audience and they've already heard it all before, they've seen all the sales and business growth books and they're past it, right? They're just over it. 
How can you be new, different, better, or more and step into that market? You, that's the psychographic. When you can figure out, oh, it's people who have been in business more than 10 years who do not make more than a million dollars a year. That's my market who need the business growth strategies, right? Or whatever yes. your magic numbers are. When you, when you know your audience by type, psychographically and demographically, which is just a matter of doing some research online. You can figure it out in a weekend if you spend your time and do your attention. Then you do the A-B split test. Now suddenly you're in this place where you're actually clear. The more clearly you can define your ideal audience, the more effectively and less wastefully you can market it. Now you know exactly whom you should be showing your material to, whom you should be pitching. There may be more than one avatar, but most companies have one. And that would give you much more strength as you move into this process. If you're a huge company like Procter & Gamble, you could talk to parents and senior, you know, new parents and seniors and all this other stuff. But if you're, if you're most people who have smaller businesses that do one primary thing, you can find the avatar for that business. And then when you market to them, you're not scattering your marketing message on people who will not respond to you. Wendy, we've got, um, got three minutes till commercial break. Um, so this might be a bit of a big question, but how do you then go and build likability and trust with those people? We can continue after the uh, break. Give, if you need to. Give, givers, givers gain, right? Give, 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 give. Especially in this market, it starts with you giving all you possibly can to people. Do videos, write articles, offer advice, offer a free testing instrument that helps them reach the conclusion that they need you. Whatever it is, that's what you got to do. Right. So, yeah, so you give out, give value. Um, give and, value and, tell them what you got in an open handed loving generous way and you'll be amazed at how that changes there's no reason to hoard information there's no reason to hoard anything look at the internet I mean books went down from you know $28 for a hardcover book you know now you can probably get that same book if you wait long enough for 2 or $3 online in digital format information is everywhere jump into that soup once you know who you should be giving it to because you're likely to get a return on your investment Give that away in the way that suits your platform building style. Ergo, go back to the test. And in the meantime, you'll create for yourself this incredible opportunity to, to be noticed as someone who's providing genuine quality content that's really serving people. And when people realize that you've got that, they want more. They come to you for more. I think that's so important. Um, you, <clears throat> the thoughts sort of flashed through my mind of uh, many years ago when I used to work for a big confectionery company and. Uh, in sales, and I'd train salespeople, and uh, I'd go into a call with them, and before the call, they would be, um, you know, say, what's the objective from this meeting? And they would say, well, you know, on this one, I think I could get, you know, £20,000 or something. And I'm like, hang on a minute. You, you know, you're going in with the attitude of what you can uh, get as opposed to what you, you can give. And it, uh, it set the meeting up for failure. And the opportunity could be even bigger if you ask great questions. Um, but I think that True. is such an important thing to do today, you know, uh, and everybody's and, and doing it. Social media gives us the chance to ask questions as business owners that we've never had before. You know, for a very small investment, you can do market research that would have taken millions of dollars from a mega corporation and taken them several years. We have that opportunity right now. You just need to learn to play it properly, usually online. I mean, it's unbelievable what we can do in research and development you know, and market testing. It, we did the book with George Silverman, who started the word of mouth, uh, who, who's, who's known as the father of word of mouth marketing. He started focus groups in the old days, like in the 70s, 60s. And he talks in that book about, you know, how 
people's opinions really matter. And if you can find out that everybody would rather buy, you know, this in the color red than in the color blue, you'd be a fool to make it in the color blue. You know, that's, you can get that information right now. You could have yeah. that information in, in, in four or five days. You could have enough to make an informed decision. You must do that. You must do that to build your platform on a strong foundation. Excellent. So great advice. Well, after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about books, a little bit about social media, perhaps a little bit about audio. Um, do join us after the break. Um, we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Uh, hi, Wendy. Um, great to be talking with you um, further about platform building. And it seems to me, you know, you're saying that you reject something like you know, 150 to 200 uh, people who are approaching you with book offers. It seems to me, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, that maybe the sensible thing to do is actually to uh, you know, hire you to give them some advice first on how to go about doing this. Um, you know, things like content creation and... Uh, um, and, and your sort of strategy around your platform building. Um, is, is, is that something that you do? And, um, and, and maybe if you do that, you could, you know, we could maybe share a few little tips from uh, how you go about it. But is that something that you do? Do you, do you help people to avoid this scenario? Because there's supposed to be so many people uh, trying to get you to publish an idea or a concept. Thank you for that. Um, yes, actually, it, when people come and want to become a professional speaker, 20 engagements or more at 5,000 pounds or more per engagement or they want a book sold to a traditional publisher or they self-published and their book is failing because most self-published books do or they want to become information marketers those are my four avatars those individuals I am extraordinarily successful at helping them get through this process figure out what's new different better more and then achieve the goal of their speeches or the published book or the more successful book yes I've been uh, fortunate to do that. I do that very, very selectively based on the person's personality and the content that they want to pursue. I only work with, as we said at the beginning, business, self-help, and science authors and speakers. So, you know, in those categories, absolutely, I'd be thrilled to help. And 
and talk to anyone. You can reach me on LinkedIn. You can get to me through the website, kellermedia.com contact form. Happy to talk about that. And if your content isn't a match for me, often I can refer you on to someone who is. So how, um, you know, before, you know, approaching you with a, you know, with a book um, idea, for example, or, or a request to have some support, um, you mentioned, um, you mentioned things like you're looking, you know, the people who maybe got a podcast or things like that. What, what, you know, what is the ideal avatar for somebody to approach you? What will they've done beforehand before they pick up the phone or connect with you? Well, if, if someone is coming to me and saying, Wendy, will you represent my book? We send them to kellermedia.com submission dash guidelines, which really outlines what a publisher expects. It doesn't matter what I expect. I'm the go-between between you and the publisher, you know, Penguin Random House or Hachette or whatever. I'm the go-between. So my criteria match what the publisher is going to ask me for. So if one is planning to get an agent or planning and therefore planning to get a large publisher, you have to meet the criteria that the large publishers are going to demand. That's on KellerMedia.com submission dash guidelines. However, you know, if you want to become a successful speaker and you've got an idea for a business topic, self-help or science, and you, or you're an academic or a psychiatrist or whatever, um, there's a really good chance that they can help you winnow that. And you don't really need anything right now. You could walk in right now. Likewise, I have two people I'm working with right now privately, and they both want to do a book, but they're not completely sure what that book will be on. And so we've been working together to build that infrastructure, build that platform to help their market respond to them. They know which category, but they don't know the details. So that's that's part of the process. Again, I really only do that selectively. I don't want to misrepresent that I can help you know dozens of people. I, I only handle a few a year. But those who are writing a book who want us to represent it um, need to have those markers, not because, again, not because of my personal preference, but because it shows to the publisher that the book will sell on the other side. Mm-hmm. And those individuals who are thinking of self-publishing, it's really a bad idea. The average self-published book sells 117 copies because you didn't have a platform wow. before you put it out there. That's that's an interesting. I just jotted that number down. Um, 117 copies. Um, that's people not do my end- research. That's industry. Yeah. So, um, people do end up with... Um, quite a lot in their loft spaces sometimes yeah yeah that's really sad yeah and and that's not necessary i mean i've helped so many people figure out how to become a speaker or how to sell those copies even after the fact because there's no reason to have them sitting around they're valuable you just didn't you just did it backwards you should do the book before you do i mean you should do the book after you've built the platform and know your avatar many times people have written a book that has nothing to do with their actual avatars needs or interests therefore it doesn't sell you have to make some changes. Mm. You're having that platform first. I mean, you, it, I mean, you talk about people should um, publish, but uh, to somebody who's already got a big platform and can sell their book in to that platform. Oh, do they do need, write do me. They need... Do write me today. Yeah. If you've got a platform and you're listening to this, you've got a successful podcast like Chris, or you've got television shows or radio shows that you're appearing on regularly, or you've got... 150,000 people on your mailing list, et cetera, et cetera. You're out there speaking at least 20 times a year and getting paid for it. Any of those factors, all of which are outlined again on submission-guidelines, any of those factors will make you desirable to publishers, and therefore this agent would love to see your material. Absolutely. Excellent. And, um, yeah, I mean, in, in, <laughs> I'll, I'll sort of share this because I just found it absolutely, you know, quite astonishing really that we did with, with, with our book, um, with one note to an agent, and then um, in connecting with the publisher, we we got a publishing deal um, very very quickly yes. within 
about three weeks. And I'm sure that one of those factors was the fact that I had this show. Um, I'm sure that of probably course. helped. You know. That would have been 80% of it. The idea is 20%. Platform is 80% to publishers. They want to know that you're going to be a good investment. That's why a self-published book is dangerous, Chris. Because if you self-publish and it does poorly in the first year, which again, 117 copies is quite poor. So you've mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean you didn't sell copies out of a out of you know out of the back of your vehicle. It means you sold them through Amazon or other distribution sites, bookstores, whatever. If you've sold so few copies, we have an easy way in the industry of finding that out. We just type in the ISBN number, and now suddenly we know that you're a failure, and that's how we look at it. This person's a failure. So as a failed author, nobody's going to take a shot on you. They will take a shot on a virgin author who has a growing platform, but not on someone who's already proven that they're foolhardy enough to go out there and publish and then wait for the angels and the bunnies to come and buy copies of their book because it doesn't work that way. Yes, yes. Uh, In in your book, you um, you share some thoughts on things like social media, um, also um, audio and podcasting. I mean, we just talked a little bit about audio. Do you have a view on audio? There's a lot of people out there who do have uh, have shows and do produce podcasts and yes. But but, but I do find a lot of them uh, when they 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 do it for a year and then they give up. Yeah, that's too bad, but that's because they're not addressing their avatar's real needs and wants. So the book is structured like this. Um, First of all, you go through the basic understanding, which of course goes into much more depth than you and I can do today. You take the assessment tool, and then there's little sections, little chapters that say, okay, if you want to do a podcast, if you want to create an audio product, if you want to create an ebook, if you want to, you know, all these other little tiny slices of platform building. But again, it must be on that foundation. Are you creating this for people who actually have the means and the interest and the desire to purchase your product or your services? Without that, you're barking up the wrong tree. You're spreading your pearls before swine or whatever all that stuff is. So it really must be done. But the how-to isn't that difficult to figure out. That's what's in my book as sort of a compendium. But But the foundation of building a platform is really what I focus on in the book so that you're not doing something that's going to be wasteful and give up in a year because it didn't grow. Honestly, and I'm sorry to be harsh about this, if your book isn't selling, if your speeches aren't getting booked, if you are not growing your podcast, you're doing it wrong. You are approaching the wrong audience. You're marketing it in the wrong way. Get the book, get a consultant, do something because it can be changed before it's too late and you've faced abject failure. You just have to take the right actions now before it's too late. Yeah. <clears throat> there, was a, there was a quote, Wendy, in your book that I really... Uh, light. I can't remember it precisely, but it was it was something about um, you know almost uh, work, working extremely hard for fifteen years and then hey presto you an overnight success. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got that from Jeff Gittimer, the author of the Little Red Book of Selling. He's a friend. Yeah, that that cracked me up the first time I heard it was from him. I, I, that was a really funny comment. But yeah, why do that? Why waste all that time and energy and resources and trying and you know business doesn't have to be hard. You know, entrepreneurs sometimes look at those who become instant successes, so to speak, and go, oh, I wish I could do that. Well, heck, those people prepared the foundation. And if they got venture capital, people go, well, if I had venture capital, well, the only way to get venture capital is to have a concise platform that's growing of people who like you and want to buy from you. That's how you get a venture capitalist to invest their money. That's how you get a publisher to invest their money. That's how you get a meeting planner to pay you five, ten, twenty thousand dollars dollars or or pounds or whatever to bring you in to speak that's how you do it you got to be talking about the right things to the right people and platform building is how to achieve that yeah yeah um 
Well, uh, get excited. Sorry, I a lot. Really yeah, excited. lots to think about for people. And um, you know, it sounds to me that uh, you know you can really cut down that time by you know reading your book and uh, adopting the processes to, uh, yes. within the book to yes. speed you up. So this 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 can actually save you years. And it can save your whole business. The heck with years. People with mm-hmm. lots of money can make a business last for decades. In the ba- you know, if you got money in the bank, you can drag it out for decades. But if you want to grow, if you want to grow, you've got to do it this way. And I can be useful to those who want to grow into speakers, information product providers, or who are or plan to be authors. That's my specialty. But you have this, everyone has this opportunity, no matter what they're creating, to do it right. And there's no time like the present to start doing it right. Yeah. One of the, just um, before we go, I mean, one of the things that people spend an enormous amount of time on um, is, it's probably got a couple of minutes for this, is uh, social media. And um, I, I just sometimes think it's, uh, a lot of that time is, is really wasted when it would be easier just to maybe pick up the phone or, you know, do something more, a bit more productive. But how do you see social media? It depends on one's business model, right? So, for instance, if one has a product that you're selling and it's attractive, right? Not a, not a ladder, not a light bulb. But if you have a, a product that's interesting, you know, Pinterest could be your primary lead gen. In my case, huge numbers of people are connected with me on LinkedIn. And I actually read LinkedIn myself, which is the only way. I probably shouldn't say this now that I think about it. But it's really the only way people actually get my personal attention. Otherwise, they're processed through my team. So, mm. you know. So, you know, I just, I just opened a can of worms. But, um, but you know, if, if there is a social media vehicle that perfectly matches your avatar and your desire, that's great. But those who send out blogs like that lady I mentioned earlier, she, sent, she wrote a blog for three years and the greatest number of respondents was six. That's because she was doing it wrong. You know, or her market isn't on Facebook or her market isn't on LinkedIn. You find when you know what your avatar is, then you know where they hang out, right? Why would you promote yourself as a speaker, for instance, to everybody and send out 300 invitations when you could do what you said, Chris, like you certainly learned at the confectionery company. You know, you pick out key prime targets of individuals who are more likely to say yes, and you have a conversation with them and you create a relationship. Social media allows you to create a relationship with strangers, but it's very little value if those strangers are not, not your avatars. Yeah, yes, very true. You can waste a lot of time, I think, if you uh, don't do it. A huge amount of time. Um, It amazes me the amount of time people do spend sending out thousands of tweets and things like that. uh, Yes, or um, paying someone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's got to be very appropriate, targeted, um, but also, I guess, um, linked to uh, giving. Um, So you're giving value. Um, Absolutely, and but give value to people who are valuable in you know who are going to be likely prospects. Know who your avatars are. Give to your avatars, not to everybody who comes and petitions you. Wendy, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you today. Really, really enjoyed it, and thank you. uh, you. And I I do uh, really respect you, and uh, and and I'm really grateful to have you in my network. So, Wendy, thanks so much today. It's been a privilege. Thank you so much, and best wishes to all of your listeners. I wish you all very happy, successful business lives. Uh, thank you. So uh, I would recommend people do go and get the Ultimate Guide to Platform Building with Wendy Keller because it is well, well worth um, it and can save you years and, as Wendy said, potentially save your business. So to find out more about Wendy Keller, uh, go to uh, www.kellermedia.com. Uh, and uh, there's, uh, Wendy mentioned there that she also has a, a personal uh, website with uh, more information about her 
her, her life and um, very inspiring that and how she helps people in that sort of uh, development uh, sense. Uh, go to wendykeller.com for that. Um, so on to next week's show. Um, Winston Churchill, uh, who is probably the most famous leader um, you know, in the, the last 100 years in the United Kingdom, he once said that of all the talents bestowed on men, none is so precious as the gift of oratory, i.e. speaking. Uh, he who enjoys it wields the power more durable than kings. Um, so it seems to me um, a great opportunity uh, to, to talk about uh, speaking. And also, you know, uh, what's something that we recognize can be a real challenge is people in business uh, and ex- executives in companies who often don't invest that time to be able to speak uh, to a very high level and, and really engage uh, and build that gift of oratory. So on next week's show, we have communications expert and comedian um, Steve Trister on why and how business executives should build their speaking skills. So do join us again next week. A huge thank you again to Wendy Keller, and I wish you all a tremendous um, uh, week or um, uh, whatever when, uh, when you listen to this show. If you've got any comments or questions, do send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. I'd love to hear from you. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.